0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott.
0: Welcome on into the Utah Man podcast on this episode, we're recapping the Utes' big victory over the USC Trojans. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan.
1: What's up, Ute Nation?
0: And Scott.
1: Let's go, baby! Come on!
2: (laughs) I'm still fired up from Saturday.
0: Oh, man, I'm still a little hoarse. Still don't have my, my whole voice back, if you can't tell. I can't tell. Oh, shut up, Ryan. <laughs> oh my gosh. What what a game. And such a big game, we have to bring in a big guest. Zach is back on the podcast. Zach, how are you doing?
3: Good. What's up, you fans?
1: <laughs> nice. Welcome what up, back, Zach? Zach. The Zach Attack.
0: All right. Let's 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 get into this game. Holy crap. What a an exciting game! Sets a new record for attendance in Rice Eccles. It was loud. Utah fans showed up in black on time. Just electric. Probably one of the best atmospheres I've been in in Rice Eccles.
2: Yeah, I mean that was that was that was something, man. I mean, everyone's talking about an instant classic just uh that was a night i still i still can't believe we actually won the game <laughs>
1: <laughs> well after that first quarter where they made it look so simple to score and on our defense i thought this is going to be a long night but
2: it's going to be tcu of 08 all over again
1: <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> at least we didn't stay up all night before
0: <laughs> staying up all night for game day uh uh Terrible memories on that one. Uh, Before we get in this game, you know, really breaking down this game. Did you guys see the TVs in the concourse?
2: the 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 thirty (laughs) five (laughs) inchers They they listened to
0: Ryan. Ryan actually said, "Go twenty eight inch," and they went a little above Ryan's request.
1: But no, I, it's an improvement.
0: It's an improvement. We beat right? the
1: number seven team in the nation, and we're starting out the podcast talking about concourse TVs.
2: <laughs> what a mess, Cam! Is this really the direction you're leading us down? <laughs>
0: That's it. No, I before uh, b- before we get together, I really want to say though, I do think that they're doing better. The music seems like it's a lot better. Still, things they got to tweak, but. A big night and day difference from the Southern Utah game.
1: I would agree. I think they've gotten better, other than the stupid light the torch thing. That is ridiculous. Just light it
2: and be done. All right, let's talk about this game.
0: (laughs) But, Scott, I really want to know your opinion on the halftime show.
2: I didn't see the (laughs) halftime show. I was busy like changing seats with my kids.
0: All right, so Utah wins at 43 to 42 you know a dominating performance by Cam Rising and uh, Dalton Kincaid
1: but this and all don't forget the officials i mean they had a dominating right. performance as well uh, yeah i mean they're they're in <laughs> our back pocket huh
2: we are the new usc of the pac 12 we get all the calls
0: <laughs> can i can i just throw this out there for all of the conspiracy theory people out there why on earth would the conference want a top ten team who has a good position to go to the playoffs? Why would they want them to lose?
2: <laughs> because they're petty, and USC just USC just screwed the Pac twelve, and so George was George was all set for payback.
0: I don't see it. I, I honestly, yes, there's probably some tension there but there's no way the conference isn't going to ride their coattails as long as possible if they're going to make the playoffs
2: well let's let's be honest that game was horrifically officiated by for both teams i mean utah had did we benefit from some of those yes did usc benefit from some of those yes there were plenty of no calls on both sides So this idea that, you know, they were in the back pocket of Utah and gave us the game is just ridiculous.
1: The the surprising thing, well, I guess maybe it's not surprising because USC fans are bandwagon fans, but they act like they've never seen Pac-12 officials officiate before.
2: Right. Well, because you got to give these USC fans the benefit of the doubt. They're new to the game of football. They haven't been around for six years. (laughs) <laughs> They're just coming back out of hibernation, so uh, this is all still new to them.
1: I think there were more USC fans in our stadium than there were when I went to the Coliseum last year. I believe it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they all were so confident going into that game, and they 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 had they had something to cheer about in that first quarter. Man, Utah man defensively, woof woof in that first quarter.
3: Well, Cam Rising, the only good player on the team. (laughs) Dynamite take there,
2: Monty.
0: (laughs) You know, Cam Rising did have a dominating game. 30 of 44 for 415 yards. Two touchdowns in the air, three touchdowns on the ground. Is this the best offense that Utah has ever had? Maybe. You're saying maybe, yeah. Zach. What about
1: Scott Ryan? Is Zach, it, is you weren't best? alive last time Utah had a good offense.
2: So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm I'm willing to say they're better than uh, 2004 yet. Now, granted, this is much this is against much better competition, um, but we've also seen a little bit of inconsistency. So, I mean, as far as quarterback play. It's by far the best since Alex Smith, who was a Heisman finalist. There's just, I mean, no questions asked on that. Um, It's just funny, though. I mean, Utah, we've talked about this over and over. Utah has gotten to this point off defense and special teams. And the biggest weakness of this team right now is defense and special teams. (laughs) You know, and you you finally have an offense that is, that is dynamic, that is killing people through the passing game. And all of a sudden, our run game has just kind of disappeared. And uh, it, it's, I just, this team is so close if they could just get all of these parts to come together. But it's just, it's not quite there yet. And yet you still saw what what Cam did offensively against USC. Now, granted, USC... They're not great defensively, but I mean, when you when he, when you needed him the most, Cam absolutely shined.
0: No, no, definitely, and I mean, we we talked about you know what you were saying, Scott, how the other pieces just kind of need to click. There's there's glimpses of it, but talking about this offense, and, and maybe you know I'm just a little hyped up still about this game, saying it's the best offense, uh, but the rushing attack just is not there. And again, no, Cam Rising is your leading rusher. That is not good. Cam, Cam Rising's Rising
2: is li- literally the leading rusher at almost weekly. I, and yes, and, 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 and then we, said, then we got Tavion. Came. Okay, I'm, I'm going off on Tavion here. Go, go. I'm sick of half of our fan base on social media. Like, oh, Tavion, we love you. We support you. I'm hopping on the choo-choo train. Wake up, guys. This guy is a malcontent. He's a problem. He is selfish. He's not a team guy. Why are we all so hyped up on supporting him when he is going out of his way to create problems for this run game, for this offense? He's a horrible teammate. I'm done with him. Cut him loose.
3: I can agree with you on that. I barely like him.
2: Come aboard, Zach. Come aboard. Zach's jumping off
0: the Thomas train. I'm still on it. And I think the reason why I'm still on it is because we saw how how great he is. He led the country in touchdowns. He set records in touchdowns last year. He can do it.
2: I don't care what he did last year. That no, does nothing know, for us no, this year.
0: I know nothing that you did last year counts for this year. I get that, Scott. I'm not a USC fan. I know, I, <laughs> I know what that does in the game of football. But the, what I'm saying is, he did it last year. He can repeat or do even better this year. I don't, and that's why I'm not ready to jump off.
2: Oh, I'm you, ready to cut him this, loose.
0: So you're you, he, he, Thomas is the reason why he, there's no run game. You're going to say that there's no run game because of Thomas.
2: No, th- there's a, there's a lot of factors at play as far as why there's not a run game. But Tavian's part of the problem, and he's part of the problem not just on the field but off the field, and that's clear as day. Every week, he's the topic of conversation. Where's Where's Tavian? What happened to Tavian? If and and here Kyle Whittingham today says, "Oh, anything we do with Tavian is going to stay in house." Obviously, there's there's issues there, and we just keep everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, come on, Tavian, we love you." Okay. And he tweets out today, "When I start balling, stay where you're all at." Hey Tavian, I mean, it's week six. Where the hell are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ryan, Ryan,
0: Ryan, be the voice of reason with me on this.
1: I, I don't know that I can because. What? To, to set aside the part whether he left the field or not, he took his pads off before the game ended. That's clear because it's on video with him leaving the field before or as the game was ending, but his pads were not off. And multiple people have said they watched him take his pads off before the game ended. You're unless you're injured, that's crap. You don't you do not leave your teammates to hang out to dry like that.
2: Hey and, and here's the other thing. If if Tavian, if the coaches could trust Tavion, he'd be in the game. There's a reason he's not getting in the game.
0: No, I'm I'm not trying to defend his actions. I'm not on here trying to say that he's been a perfect angel and that, you know, there's some something the coaches have something against him, and that's why he's not playing. I know it's because of his actions. I'm not trying to justify what is happening off the field. All I'm saying is, if he isn't, he's not been cut as as we're recording this. He hasn't been cut. <laughs> he, ha- he hasn't been.
2: I'm refreshing Twitter right now just to double check. (laughs) He hasn't been
0: suspended as far as not being able to dress. We've seen Whittingham in the past when guys have had issues off the field. They haven't been part of the team. He has removed guys from practice. He has removed guys from the game. It hasn't gotten to that point yet. So because we haven't crossed that line with, or because Utah hasn't crossed that line with with Thomas yet, I'm not ready to write him off. And I'm still going to be in his corner. I still want him to succeed. And as as far as, as Winningham controlling this team, I'm going to support it. If he's on the team, then let's get him up. Let's get him in there. Let's get his carries up. It's all, all in, or in or in the way. Or in the way, right? All, all in th- or in the way. And he's not in the way yet.
1: Oh, boy. he's in the way. <laughs> you can't like even him. say that with a straight face. <laughs> He'd be carrying me 20 times if he wasn't in the way.
0: Staying with this rushing game. I mean Bernard out of the running backs got eleven carries. Tevion still had eight, uh, but not a, not a big surprising game from anybody there. We haven't seen Jalon Glover in a couple games, and if they're going to reduce, you know Thomas's carries, uh, and kind of keep Bernard about that eleven carry line, why not give Glover some time? take some of those rushing attempts away from Cam.
2: I I don't know that I believe this and I don't think it's a good thing to do for a running back, but I wonder if they're trying to uh hold on to his redshirt year. They don't want him over four games, so they're kind of holding him out until unless they absolutely need him. Mm. Just a thought. I don't know.
0: Is, is he at he's at two games, right?
2: I believe he's only played uh yeah, two. I think it is only two.
1: Cuz he didn't play in Florida. He played he played Southern Utah. I think he got some carries at San Diego State.
0: So, Scott, Glover's played in four games this year. Oh, he has played in four? Yeah. Okay, southern well, Utah, San Diego State, Arizona State, and Oregon State.
1: No, so, if, if that theory is indeed correct, uh, he's done for the year. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can play in four and still redshirt?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can play up to four games. Uh, And still, and still, rest here. So, I mean, and maybe that's why. I mean, we have seen uh, Jackson uh, getting a little bit more reps as of late um, in there, and maybe that's why. And and maybe holding until they absolutely have to play him. And at that point, they might just play him the rest of the year.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, the running back situation is just going into this year. I mean, we were all we could talk about was how absolutely stacked this running back room was and as we've as we've discussed you're not getting much of anything from Tavion you you lose Curry in uh, early on in the season and now uh, you know Mika Bernard who is kind of a Swiss army knife you know can do a little bit of everything in the in the pass game run game um, and it is definitely a big part of the offense I'm just not sure he's I'm just not sure he's your featured back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and so then who are you left with But
1: right now he's featured back.
2: And he is the featured back, but but is he really a featured back? That's no, yet to I be think determined, he's more but. of
1: that utility player, like you said. And and uh but with you know with the injury to Curry and Tavion's issues, he's become the featured back, whether it whether it's good or bad he had put. i mean he had a he had a pretty dang good game
2: no he 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 did i mean he's doing well with what they give him and who knows he may turn into that guy um but but cam rising needs some help if we are going to continue to rush cam 11 10 plus times a game and i know not all of those are designed but he had a number of designed runs if we keep doing that That scares me. I just don't like him being put in harm's way that often. And he needs help. He needs help. He can't do the passing game and can't be your leading rusher. That's just ridiculous at this point. Kyle Whittingham today says in the bye week, they're going to look at the run game and they're going to figure some things out. Now, whether that's personnel, whether that's scheme, I don't know. But something has to change because you're just not getting much of anything from the run game right now.
0: And I think the thing that worries the most about the run game is near the goal line it's non existent uh near the goal line, really, the only rushing you had down towards the end zone was all design runs for cam and in-
2: well yeah, and it, that's exactly it cam is when when they need it the most, who do they trust cam
3: rising. they trust
2: cam. They, exactly, Zach, they trust Cam Rising to run the ball. They're not putting Tavion back there. And oftentimes, they're not even trusting Bernard. They're saying, Cam, go do it. Whether it's under under center, QB sneak.
0: I think everyone knew that in the two-point conversion. Everyone knew it was going to be in Cam's hands. And we all said it. USC's got to know that that's where the ball was going to go, was in Cam. And, and while it's it's working right now, you know teams are that's they're just going to sell out for it going on uh, or moving forward, and that's what worries me is, is Cam taking hits.
3: Exactly, like USC needs to know that that's going to happen because they trust Cam, and they know they should know that he's going to run the ball, so they need to play smart.
0: Well, and I think that's what defenses are going to do moving forward.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, without a doubt. And, and granted, you know, what this offense is doing right now, in the, especially in the passing game, should allow this running game to be able to get kickstarted, right? They're doing so much through the passing game, not just through the tight ends anymore, through wideouts, getting multiple guys involved, throwing it all over the field. That should, open up the run game and the fact that it's still not there is a concern and if utah wants to go on a run yes we've got colorado left we've got arizona left we've got stanford left you can win with an average run game against those three got those three uh, those three teams but if you want to go up to washington state and most importantly you go up to oregon you've got to you got to be humming in the passing game and in the running game if you want to be able to put enough points on the board in Austin and run the table to potentially uh, go defend your title in Vegas, they've got to get this figured out, and they're kind of running out of time.
0: Yeah, no they they can't be one dimensional if they want to continue to where they're going. Uh, you know, we're up against a break. We haven't even talked about Kincaid. Uh, when we come back from our break, let's let's hit up Kincaid. All right, so Don Kincaid had an absolute field day. Sixteen receptions, two hundred and thirty-four yards. He's still open. He got everything. He's everything so that was good. To him, he grabbed. I could not believe it. the The toe touch um, on the sideline that was reviewed and overturned was an amazing catch. That was probably like my favorite one that he had. But just a phenomenal game.
1: How devastating would it have been had he actually had he? Been hurt like we all thought when he went down.
2: Yeah, was it? Was that a knee or was that an ankle?
1: It looked at it. I watched it again when I got home, and he was wearing like a neoprene sleeve on that knee already. And they pulled it down and were looking at it.
2: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, man. What a gutty performance. I mean, you saw the emotion coming out of him after the game, that clip of him rising and rising, embracing, and he's just in tears. I mean, he literally left it all out there. And uh, I mean, you know, arguably one of the best performances by a tight end in years in college football, not just in Utah, not in the pad 12. I mean, but it was just, it was such an, an amazing performance. I mean, he's, and he's doing this, you know, without, without Keithy. Right. And with, with all the eyes of the defense on him and I mean, Kyle Whittingham the last few weeks has been saying, we need to get Dalton more involved. He needs more touches. Well, Ludwig goes out and listens to him, and they just kept throwing him the ball, and why not? If if the defense is not going to take him away, go at him, man. He catches everything.
1: Was that surprising, though, that they the, their defense did not adjust to any sort of double team on him? They just played one-on-one, and then when he caught it, he made one move and their linebackers were on the ground.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, was breaking tackles. He, I mean, he was, he was embarrassing that their linebackers across the board and late in the game, they even switched a, um a DB over to, to cover him and, and still didn't make a dent. Right. And so he's just, he's, he's got just such an, a unique ability to, I mean, he's like Keithy in the way that, he he can play like a wide receiver, but he's got that tight end size, and uh, I, I, yeah, just hope that whatever whatever that issue may have been, that it's nothing that lingers, um, not only for the rest of this year, but really for his future, because that that guy is so dang good. You know,
0: I, I one thing I, I do want to call out with, you know, with Kincaid. Is, you know, last week on the episode when we were kind of breaking down this game, you know, we mentioned how USC led the nation in sacks. And I thought, when you know, one of the things Utah had to do was get the ball out quick. And I think Kincaid really helped that. I mean, yes, the offensive line and their pass blocking were phenomenal. Gave up zero sacks uh, against uh, USC. But I think a lot of that, as far as not getting up sacks too, is getting the ball out quickly to Kincaid. You know those quick cuts, those quick crosses right out of the middle. You know those those things are big, and it may not you know show up in the in the stat sheet. But I firmly believe a, a lot of Kincaid's um, catching ability and getting open so quickly, you know, helped Cam Rising not take those unnecessary sacks and kind of stay ahead of the chains.
2: The the nice thing is right is these teams moving forward. Nobody's gonna want to have Kincaid catch 16 balls on him. He's going to get, he's going to get double teamed. He's going to get bracket coverage. He's going to be a focus moving forward. And, and the good thing about that is, is the wide receivers are stepping up. Vele is turned into such a reliable receiver. He catches everything. And, and he's getting open money parks. I, you know, I, I still think we're just under utilizing money. I would love to see him go after him a little bit more. Oh, that, Solomon. He Ines. had that
0: money parks had that deep ball.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I mean but but just in general, the the wide receivers are starting to come alive and and I think allowing uh, alleviating some pressure off of off of uh, the rising to Kincaid, right? And it just helps this offense. But I mean, what are just really overall that offense offensive performance on saturday was something to behold because if if looking back if bernard does not fumble at the 2 yard line going in utah scores on their last six possessions they all would have been tds
1: that's remarkable that's remarkable
0: yeah and especially as, as much as we want to you know talk crap on usc's defense and and obviously it's not nearly as good as their offense it's still a P five defense. It's still a seventh ranked team in the country.
2: Oh, for sure. Well, I, I mean, it was just, it was easy to see. They've got athletes at the skill positions. They are absolutely dominant. I mean, when when Clark Phillips is having a hard time keeping up with guys and staying with them, you know how good they are. No. I mean, that, that Jordan Addison. I mean, I get why USC. You know, went out and took a loan and paid the guy, you know, because he is that good, or at least he was until uh, that, that ACL split into four pieces. Um, <laughs> but they are, they're dynamic and they've got so much talent and, and they're just going to keep paying guys every off season. They're just going to load up, but it's not our problem anymore. Go have fun in Ames, Iowa, fellas.
1: With a noon kickoff.
2: <laughs> oh, but I'll tell you, what a win. What a second half performance from this team. And really, we haven't even talked about it. The defense, Cam.
0: Yeah. Before we get in that defense, I, I, I do want to just give a shout out to myself. When Utah scored <laughs> that last touchdown, I was the that only was- one of us that said two both of you were like, no, no, you kicked the one.
1: I was, it, uh, I, after we scored, I did, I was turning around to pick up my flag and start waving it. And my wife goes, they're going for two. And I turned around like, no.
2: I know. I, looked, I turned around and looked at you at the same time. And I had sheer panic on my face. But I will say, um, you know, I also do want to do a shout out to Cam because he he not only in that moment he was the only one last week who predicted a USC victory.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to have,
2: oh. I'm gonna have to
0: edit that part out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Think I'd
1: forget. <laughs> Boom.
0: I I do. I will say I don't know if you guys heard, but Winningham did say that they 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 said they were going to go for two from the get go on that last drive. Uh, that's how much confidence that they have in cam and, and you know, I love it because, and then really Lugwood had the, that whole drive uh, that was, took time off the clock, uh, you know, and, and he knew the whole time they were going to go for two. And I think kind of knowing that I think help helps him make that play call and, and really helps instill that confidence in the offense. Uh, Cause even rising said that he knew before they scored that they were going to go for two.
1: I I mean looking, you know, coming over stepping away from it and looking at it, you think, yeah, it makes sense they they went for it because like Scott said a minute ago, they'd scored on six wait, what was it? Um six of the last seven possessions?
2: Uh, five five um, of their last six possessions were TDs outside of that fumble.
1: So they scored on five of their last six possessions and The mindset is these guys can't stop us. So it completely makes sense to go for two. The hard part as a fan is if there's one miscue on that, you lose by one. And then you come away going, Oh, if they just would have kicked the field goal, we would have had our chance in overtime. That's not a guarantee you're going to win in overtime. I totally get it. But I don't know. It's just that it was it, it, in the moment. It was hard for me to like, to not guarantee yourself an opportunity to win an overtime.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the whole stadium was a little like, oh,
1: there was
2: an audible gasp when everyone realized the offense was staying out there
0: because they knew it was the game. And then I totally well, yeah. get that because if they don't get that, it's a completely different story today. Everyone is blaming Kyle, right?
1: Well, even the even the stadium announcer goes. The offense stays on the field. I was like, "Oh crap!" And and and,
2: but you do like right? It, yes, it's easy to sit here and be like, "Okay, if it didn't work out, Kyle's an idiot," right? Uh, but it did, and now we had we all had the time of our lives. <laughs> but you you have to you have to respect the aggressiveness of saying, "Let's just go win it now." Right. And and he said today uh, in, in the press conference, if they scored and there's still two minutes left, they're kicking the extra point. Right. Because there's no point with two minutes left on the clock to, yeah. to take that risk. But with only, I, I believe there was 38 seconds left on the clock at the 48. time. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not much time. Let's just go.
1: The refs added to it.
2: Let's go. Let's just go. Let's, let's go win it right now and not, not worry about overtime. Gutsy gutsy call oh. just led to pandemonium in yeah. Rice Eccles.
1: Do you think Whittingham of ten years ago does that?
2: Probably. I, he did it in 2017 at USC. If you if you remember Troy Williams, the quarterback, oh, right. we score late instead of kicking extra point for overtime. We run a play. He misses a Carrington wide open in the back that's of the end right. zone, and I we lose. So I, I, I think it's Kyle's it, – it's kind of in his DNA, you know. He just, he's, he's aggressive in those
1: moments. Glad it worked out.
0: That will kind of do it for the offense. We're, uh, we're up against a break. When we come back, let's dive into the defense. All right, the defense for Utah started out – Really shaky, guys. Really, really. They stayed
1: shaky. on the side. They stayed in the locker room for the first three <laughs> possessions.
0: I will give. I, I got to give Utah credit though, and especially this coaching staff and these players, um, because I remember being in the game at the game, and we were talking, and you know, as it keeps going back and forth, we're like, why aren't they making any sort of adjustments on defense? And going back, kind of watching the game. And looking over things, I do want to point out one thing I saw online. So USC scored 21 points in the first 16 minutes. They only scored 21 points in the final 44.
1: Yeah, they they made they made some adjustments and and uh, and did what they needed to do. You know, I was I was driving home from work and I turned on the the radio and it was, um, the Scott Mitchell show whatever his counterpart is that I hardly ever listen to those guys. But they were interviewing um Devin Cafusi and they were talking about um the opening few series and they said after that first series when they scored so quickly they came back to the sideline and Scally came back to him and basically said I've got nothing for you. You guys let him sit back there for nine seconds and he escaped. You've got to do your job, and then the second series when they scored easily, the Whittingham came over and essentially said the same thing. So pretty much, it's not a scheme issue; it's a it's an execution issue, and they and they figured out those what to do as the game wore on.
0: I No, I think we saw that because in those first couple of series, the linebackers were terrible <laughs> and, and taking yes. completely incorrect angles, just. Half the time, I don't even know why some linebackers are out in coverage because they, they're there's not a, a coverage type player. Um, oh. and I, I think those okay. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I'm not <laughs> like Scott, I'm not gonna call anyone out. <laughs> Does it rhyme with hibate?
0: <laughs> but I, I, I think it got it, it got better. Um, my bate, it's, it's definitely not. It's still not like a Utah defense we're used to, right? There's still a lot of growing that needs to do well, that needs to happen. But as Ryan, as you and I were were walking down the state and we were talking, it, it's it's this is the best case scenario in the fact that Utah got a win against a top a top ten team, but they still have a lot to work on, and they and they get to do that after a win. It, I think that's mm-hmm. big for a program.
1: Oh, a huge win. they going into a bye week. Can you imagine if you lose that game? Whether you lose it in a blowout or lose lose it by one point because you don't get the two point conversion, you're sitting on a two game losing streak going into your bye week, and you're and you're not mathematically eliminated from the Pac-12 championship game, but it's looking realistically pretty you are. Yeah. So that was a huge win in a lot of ways, and and I think the defense started to figure some things out. I mean, I sat in the Rose Bowl last week and just watched the defense just be awful for an entire game. And then the first quarter of this week and then something they figured something out as yeah. the game went on.
2: Well, and we talked about it last week if if our secondary was not going to be able to contain and cover these wide receivers if Caleb Williams was given all day in the pocket and we saw that in the first quarter. And then as the game progressed, he, the defensive line, they still weren't great by any means, but they started to put more pressure, consistent pressure, just to at least make him uncomfortable, keep him moving around, maybe getting off receivers that he was waiting to come open. And uh, it, it just helped. It helped slow them down a little bit. Now, I mean they still had over 500 yards of offense. So they were Caleb Williams as much as I don't like the guy is incredible. Those wide receivers are incredible. Some of those throws were absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. But the you do have to give this defense credit because even though it wasn't pretty, they still gave up over 500 yards of offense. They figured some things out like you said, right? And can that give them confidence moving forward? I think it can, you know, obviously if you look statistically, it's still embarrassing, but at least it was a step in the right direction. Kyle Whittingham again today said, you know, at halftime Scali went and simplified things for the defense. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know how you go and simplify and maybe, maybe they're, you know, just dumbing down the coverages now and just saying, Hey, stay with this guy and, and uh, let's, let's, Let's give up on on the zone coverages, um, but whatever whatever the, that simplification was, it helped in the second half, and I think you're going to see that moving forward is just trying to trying to simplify so these guys can go out there and just play.
1: And I think they, um, you know, they were some timely blitz calls, like the like the Phillips uh, blitz where he sacked him.
2: You know what? When was the last time we had a corner blitz?
1: Just a couple of days ago, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but I mean, realistically, you don't. Unfortunately, no. you don't see that very
1: often anymore. anymore. I, I wish you would. Phillips was playing the nickel uh, for a bunch of this game, so it's obviously easier for him to blitz from that position than being out wide. But uh, but I think plays like that, even as good as Caleb Williams is, and as as athletic as he is it made him feel a little uncomfortable. He was a little not, it, it wasn't like the beginning of the game where he had nine seconds back there looking for a receiver. I mean, he had to, he had one or two progressions and then he, the guys were in his face.
0: I I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying. I mean, giving up 42 points is, is still a, a ton of points. And so I don't want to sit here and say like, Oh, the defense is, has turned a corner there. They're amazing. But I, I I really do think that we did see improvement, as we've been saying. And hopefully they can take that and build onto it. Because um, just like what we're saying with this rushing game, Utah's defense has got to get better. If they want to continue to compete for the championship uh, and win a championship, they're, there's going to be a time where they're going to have to rely on, on the defense to get a stop, just like they did in the USC game at the end of the game. But they're going to need it again and you know it might be in eugene uh oregon for sure in that game
1: yeah we've, we've been talking of the defense and how they improve but and i don't think we're under any illusion that they're gonna all of a sudden uh devin lloyd's coming out of the tunnel or you know some of these defenses that uh are we've been used to seeing over the years there's still gonna be some oh crap moments <laughs> when with this defense but um but I think I think we I think we saw enough improvement to know that I think they're going to continue to improve. I don't think we're going to continue to see what we've seen the last couple of weeks.
0: And, and really, I just want to see Barton play. <laughs> That's my gripe right now. Is I wish I, Barton was getting more reps.
1: I do too. I, I'd be interested to know why, why he had such limited action this week. It must have been a scheme thing because. I mean, as much as Whittingham has talked him up as being the future of the defense for Utah, I mean, he he didn't see the field much. Neither did he abate He just saw the backs of the receivers that he was chasing.
0: All right, so we did see improvement on, on the defense, as we said. One area, still no improvement, is special teams. I am just, I'm over it, guys. And here's the other thing. If,
1: they even tried a new kicker.
0: Yeah, they tried a new kicker and it didn't work. And if you make that field goal, that chip shot field goal, you don't need to go for two.
1: I got nothing else to say on special no- teams. Noyce has lost whatever mojo he had as kicking field goals because I think he's being pounded by the coaching staff and the fan base for not being able to kick off out of the end zone. And now we can't kick field goals
2: we we have to be the only team in in college football at any division that doesn't have a guy that can kick it to the end zone I know
1: so, I mean I' watching the Broncos game tonight, McManus he takes one step and kicks it out <laughs> of the back of the end zone it's it's It's
2: insanity to me, and I mean, I just don't understand. Okay, you know at this point, you know you don't have a kicker thing to get there. So you have to focus on coverage. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get any better. Every week, yes. somebody's running to the 50 with it.
0: That, and that's what, that's what we were talking about after the game is, is to that point. Yeah, you know they're going to return it on you. So then why does all the kicking guys on kickoff just bunch up into the middle of the field and leave the outsides completely open?
2: Well, but it's not even just that, because the middle is gashed consistently, and there's just, there's just no improvement whatsoever. In this game, USC, the drives that they didn't score on were drives where they started at their own 12, their own 3, their own 16, their own 20. Every other drive that they scored on, they're at the 50, they're at the 35, they're at the 40. Field position matters, and why we can't figure out how to fix this boggles my mind.
0: Well, that there was that hold on that last kickoff that was huge because they had a great return to set up yep. a, a short field.
1: They would have field been a midfield field to start that. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it's 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 a problem, and I mean i don't I don't know what else to say, and I have no hope that it's going to change because. It's, I mean, we're on like year four of this under Shaw, where the special teams just completely underwhelms. And I don't know, there's nothing else to say. We clearly don't have a kicker on the roster. Our punter, he's average, doesn't have a, doesn't have a huge leg, but Hey, at least he's not getting punts blocked. And, um, so I guess, I guess that's a win, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I got nothing.
1: As, as much as Whittingham probably doesn't want to spend time coaching the special teams, he should take it back.
2: I don't want to spend my time watching special teams. <laughs> you
0: no, know, we had Jordan Wynn on the on the episode last week, and he talked about a lot of kicking is just between the ears, and and I don't know. I mean, that's got to be true when it comes to, to to field goal kicking. Um, but kickoffs, like I just I don't get it.
1: I don't understand it either, but. Not to, this isn't a BYU football podcast, but look at what's happened to their kicker. His nickname for the last 12 years he's been on the team is Jake the Make. And now they don't even kick field goals because they know he can't make them. And and he's he's missing
2: extra points and his replacement is missing extra (laughs) points.
1: So it it totally, it's got to be a head case thing. But that, so, I I see that
0: from a field goal perspective, but from kickoff,
1: yeah, I don't understand. I, no, that's I, a,
2: that's a talent perspective. Guys, we just we we just don't we just don't have a guy that's got a leg, and but, and and that's a miss on recruiting. That's just simple. Yeah. That's just simple. It's a recruiting
1: mistake. It is. But, but I have seen that when they come out at halftime and warm up or pregame, I've seen noise can cons- consistently put it deep in the end zone. It's when it's when the lights come on, the clock's ticking. is brain farts.
2: Uh, guys, I, I think I think the simplest way to sum this up is just continue to expect mediocrity. It's not changing. It's really not. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's just not. It's not going to get better. And well, if you clearly. expect it, you won't be disappointed.
0: <laughs> All right, well, Utah enters this week uh, into the bye week. You know the whole cliche, like, oh, the bye is coming at the perfect time. I, I don't mind the bye right now because that was such an emotional game that Utah was just in. It, I think it would kind of be nice to kind of let Utah get some some time between that game um, and, and when they face Washington State. Uh, but just what a, what an environment that game was at. As I said earlier, Utah fans showed up. It was loud. It was... It was fun, and you know we all stormed the field, which we haven't done probably in, in, in years. From kickoff to to till there was zero on the clock, that was just a fun game.
2: I mean that that it ranks up there as probably one of uh, one of the best games in Rice Eccles. I mean, there's there's a handful of others that are going to be factored into there, but the environment, um, what was what was on the line, um, the opponent. The hatred for the opponent. I mean, it was just, it was all there, um, you know. Especially with with uh, um, Lincoln Riley being hired, and basically they went out and bought this team. They're undefeated. I mean, it, it really could not have been a better setting and a better a better comeback against those guys. And I mean, it's it's an all timer. It, it'll be an all timer.
0: All right, so that will do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott?
2: Yeah, uh, you find me um, not in the special teams room at <laughs> UteMan underscore forever.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. And you can listen to us at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. Till next time, go Utes.
1: Go Utes. Go
2: Utes will be till I die. Kai-yai.
1: We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.